when you can prove that no one learns the same, no one is the same, everyone has different needs, and we're living in this world that's moving so fast and information's at our fingertips, the whole idea of one-size-fits-all education like finally has to die. All right, welcome everybody to The Network. Uh, I am your friendly host, Corey Moan. And uh, we're excited today. We have a guest with us here at Blue Valley Caps that is with us for the day. And uh, we thought, my gosh, we've got this great person that's worked with us for a number of years. And she's going to be here. And why wouldn't we get her uh, strap a mic to her <laughs> and have a conversation? So um, I want to introduce Sherry Smith, who is the CEO of Indigo Project. And for those of you that listen to our very first episode, you actually heard our awesome producer, who's also sitting in the room with us, Elisa Morse, talk about how she deploys the Indigo Project uh, toolkit in her classroom. So Sherry, welcome. So exciting to have you back in the building. Thanks, Corey. It's always a pleasure to be here at Blue yeah. Valley Caps. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm sure we have so many different directions we could go with our conversation today, given the work that you do. and and very much a shared purpose around the work that we do at CAPS and in our network and the work that you do with Indigo. But to start, we definitely need to get you better introduced. I can I can hold you up on high with your level of authority as a CEO, but um, maybe tell us more about you as an individual and, and then certainly Indigo and what you're trying to accomplish with your company. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my history, I've really been an entrepreneur my whole life, but I didn't know that until really my mid-20s. I started even hearing the word entrepreneur because I grew up, you know, lower middle class in rural Michigan. My dad was a prison guard. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And We're in Michigan. I was just in Michigan. Really? Yes. Yeah, about an hour north of Lansing, a place called oh. Carson City, Michigan. Okay. Okay. Not much there. There's a prison there and there's a thousand person town that okay. now has a stoplight, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and there weren't a lot of entrepreneurs there. There were small business owners. And, um, you know, my whole, you know, my parents really instilled in me like, hey, you got to get an education and you've got to get straight A's because if you don't, we're not, you're not going to be able to afford college. Mm. And so I really just kind of played the college game, you know, got my bachelor's at American, got my master's at Georgetown, wanted to go into politics in D.C., mm. ended up um, working uh, for the State Department and realized politics wasn't, it was a little too slow for someone like me. Too slow for you? It's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, government doesn't, doesn't move at a That's, entrepreneur's pace. Right. And, um, you know, started doing all sorts of things and got into education about six years ago. It's only been six years? Only six years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, we yeah. found you early into the journey, it very sounds like. Because it's been three or four years that we've been working with you now. Yeah. With CAPS. Yeah, you're very early in the journey. Okay. Yeah. So I've I found in my, with my experience working here at CAPS, but also with um, folks when I worked in economic development and entrepreneur support uh, that kind of thing, that um, when we get out into rural America, which we are part of our CAPS network is in rural, is that we find that uh, folks are very entrepreneurial in rural. And uh, in fact, it almost feels like it's out of some element of necessity that they're entrepreneurial. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually see that in the data that we 
um, collect from our Indigo assessment, which is a multi-measure personality assessment, measures behaviors, motivators, soft skills, and social-emotional perspectives. And when we just did a, a research study with 15 rural districts in Colorado, we noticed that, that, again, that was the trend. They were much more utilitarian, which is about return on investment, making money, entrepreneurial, and much less about uh, theoretical, which is more mm. for going on to you know higher levels of higher education. Yeah. And so a, a big thing we like to, to do is promote economic development and um, in rural areas because of where I come from. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you mentioned Colorado. Colorado is where your home base is with Indigo, correct? Yes. Indigo Project. So where are you located? Yeah, we're located in a small town outside of Boulder, Colorado. It's called Niwot, and I live in Boulder up in the mountains. Okay. Wonderful. So you get reverse altitude sickness when you come down to the plains? <laughs> no, I actually feel Are like I any... can run when I'm here. Oh, is that right? You're like a superhuman. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, to... oh, wow, five miles, pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we sit just outside of Kansas City, so we're at a very low altitude. And, you know, it's funny, I uh, my wife and I just uh, went to Africa this summer, and we're Part of our trip was hiking Kilimanjaro, yeah, I which saw goes that. to that at the peak. We didn't even know how to understand, but the, you know the peak is nineteen thousand three hundred feet. Wow! And altitude sickness is a real thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I know it is just going where you are, but then beyond that, even um, yeah, it's. Did you guys crazy. go without oxygen? So there was oxygen on the trip oh, that we used in case good. of emergency, and it turned out my wife Susan actually needed some on her way back down because she was her saturation level was at a dangerous level. That's so that but she was taken care of and everything was fine. But yeah, it was quite a quite an interesting experience. Speaking of exploration, we were exploring, but you know, uh, Indigo, really when I think of our five core values, you know, the core value that sits right kind of in the middle of our five uh, is self-discovery and exploration. Mm -hmm. This importance of students really understanding as much as they can of who they are, like what drives them, their motivators would be, I think a way you would explain it, um, you know, their strengths certainly, and kind of how it all fits together. But then not just kind of keeping it carved off as just a self-discovery piece, but then how do you pair that with what opportunities are out there for them? And with CAPS, we like to kind of have the two working hand in hand. And I'll just say from our standpoint, when we found you and the work that you were doing with Indigo Project, we were so drawn to this because we felt if we could give students a chance to truly get a snapshot of, of who they are and, and almost validate them for themselves who they are, right? Yeah. That it's not, there's no right or wrong, it's this is who I am and this is what comes with being who I am. And, that there are all these different ways then that we can deploy. And then we use our model of connections to business partners to allow them to do the exploration part. Absolutely. That it becomes very powerful. And it's been fun to watch how it's worked the way we hoped it would um, with, with your, your product, your assessment, your, the partnership with you. Because sometimes we, we hear great things about products and tools and companies, and then we see how it might work, and then we get involved in and it just doesn't quite click the way that we thought it would. So could you maybe explain a little more about your assessment, your process? Yeah. Like how do you typically work with schools or other organizations, just so our listeners have a better sense of who you all are at Indigo? I think the reason why we align so well with CAPS and Indigo is because we really show, share a common value. And your common value that you mentioned was self-discovery. Yeah. And 
our top value out of our three core values is self-awareness. And most career assessments or assessments you'll use that your students use, like on Naviance, it just they take a little survey and it tells you you should be a nurse, you should be a you should be an accountant. What color is my parachute? Exactly. Yeah. But the students can't make any connection between, well, why? How does that align with me and who I am? So at Indigo, we do have a list of careers that might fit, but we also have 16 pages of information on them and who they are, what they care about, what their strengths are. And then they can take that information that they learn about themselves. And what, the other reason I love CAPS is then they can immediately apply it in the real world. So if I'm um, on the nursing track and I know that I'm service oriented and that's one of my motivators, when I go to that crazy thing you showed me today, what's that guy's name? Oh, the fake patient. Yeah. And you try to draw his blood, Pediatric which Hal. makes me nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> that high social nurse can say, ah, the reason why I want to be a nurse is because I want to make people feel better. Right. I want to make the people like Sherry who are going to pass out <laughs> feel okay when I'm drying their blood. Yeah, and folks, we're not kidding at all. I mean, we had to literally get her out of that simulation lab today because she was not having any of it. <laughs> I, I, I respect that though because I am similarly, I'm in this building and I get to see all these great directions that kids can go, but I know that many of them are not for me. And medicine is one that I often pop in and, and the teachers here will just start chuckling because they know the second I walk in, they're doing something, you know, they're drawing blood or they're practicing some skill that is a little too intense for me. And that's my, my self-discovery journey is just <laughs> jumping into classrooms and then I jump out and I know, oh, not for me. Yeah, it's not a shocker. We both like the entrepreneur center oh, yeah. best. Yes. When Our I walk by there, I'm like, yeah. this is my home. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> there's a vibe sometimes to, to these things. You can just pick up on it. Absolutely. So the tool, so there's this, uh, let's talk a little bit more and go a little deeper on this assessment mm -hmm. that you've created because I'm a geek about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Before I met you, before I knew about Indigo, you know, I would always want to try uh, these various assessments and, and tests and tools. And of course, when you go out online now, there's a lot that aren't terribly great, but they're free, right? Where you can take these different personality tests, but you've got things like Myers-Briggs and you've got disc profiles and, and all these others. So talk about the recipe of how you put these together and what, at the end, you talked about these pages of information that the students get. How, how would you categorize uh, all the various pieces of it, because I know part of it is disc with mm -hmm. your model, right? So what what are the what are the layers uh, around the indigo assessment? Absolutely. So first of all, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I didn't invent any of the core tests that Indigo um, uses. We partner with an international um, corporate assessment technology company called Target Training International. Oh, yes. They're out of Scottsdale, Arizona, and we have put together um, four of the different assessments they use in a unique way, especially designed for education. Yeah, great. And what's great about that is it's already validated. You can use it for middle school, high school, and all the adults in your building. And it really connects the students to things they're gonna be seeing in the real world, which is what CAPS is all about. And what I think school is moving in that direction, you know, that's becoming a buzzword now. And, um, but even the assessments, I feel like we should give them assessments they're gonna be seeing when they get jobs. And so really our secret sauce is having multiple measures that operate independently, but work together to create um, a special view. So we have the DISC as our behavioral assessment because they're gonna see that in corporate America. And it's really great for communication, understanding communication and working together. 
We have the motivators assessment, which is most important for choosing your college and career direction and engaging students. We have the soft skills, which you know schools are trying to measure competencies and, and what students are good at. And, um, and we measure that. And by the way, your students are much, almost a standard deviation higher in creativity and futuristic thinking, mm. your CAP students. Um, Wonderful. So they're really not terribly surprised, but that's great. Yes, hear. and they're above all of our ha um, high school norms in every single soft skill category. So you guys have some well, that's great good, skills that's here. Why we, we pay a lot of attention to that, so that's good to hear. And while you're doing it, uh, from based on the data, and then the social emotional assessment is actually um, our most interesting assessment. It was a Nobel Prize nominated science called Axiology. Oh wow! Created by a guy named Dr. Hartman, and we really use only like one-tenth of one percent of what's possible with this assessment as a universal basic screener for seeing students who might need additional support. Mm. But it also helps us see like how students are thinking, how they're making decisions, and how they're thinking about the world and themselves, which really plays into their unique superpowers and abilities to um, solve problems in the world. I love the terminology of a super of knowing your superpower. So, is it your opinion that every student has a superpower? Absolutely. Okay. One hundred percent. This is not. You have to be in the Justice League. Like everyone here no. is. Okay. Every student has a superpower and was born for a purpose. Man, you can see why everyone. You can see why we like partnering with Sherry. She's got the same mindset that we do. That's that's tremendous. So, a student that takes this. Um, assessment, and I know there's more to what you do than just this assessment. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of kind of um, additional kind of add-on uh, pieces, and we're even piloting some with you now mm -hmm. around curriculum and career awareness and things of this nature. Um, certainly a lot with social emotional learning, as you mentioned, some things that could be done there. But when we talk about kind of the core with this assessment, if a student is, or a, or a teacher or an administrator is taking this, how what, what's the process like? So how long is it going to take them to take this? Is Where are they taking the assessment? Yep. Are they getting locked in a room like with these Pearson evaluators? You know, <laughs> no, I, no. I see sometimes when I go to schools, right, that's like, oh my gosh, it's like a clean lab where no one can look on anyone else's <laughs> keyboard or sheet of paper. How does it work? And then um, what's a typical process for debriefing? Yeah. Well, so it's it's all online. There's no right or wrong answers. So it's not like, a, you know, definitely no clean labs here. You just go online. It takes a class period. Um, students go through a series of questions. They watch an intro video. And then as soon as they're done and hit save, a report is automatically emailed. And then at that same time, um, that data gets ported over to our dashboard. So we have an AI-enabled dashboard that serves up in-class recommendations for teachers and counselors. So that data goes to the staff dashboard. So now staff can access student information and then the students get a report and then they take that report and then they go through our online course, which is what we just released this year. And you guys are one of our pilots. Yes. And that online course helps them debrief the different assessments, the different sciences and what that means for them. And then they create a college and career plan um, as a result of going through that, that course. So, I will speak something that pretty much every student that I've talked to that's had a chance to take the assessment and get the initial report and feedback, what I hear from them, and I will say it as an individual who's taken uh, your assessment twice, um, is that it is, in all the best and positive ways of saying it, creepy how close to the mark <laughs> the results are. Because the report that you mentioned, 
it is it's kind of puts the language behind what the numbers the number the numbers spit out of all of the, your formulas and then you now have basically some text around it and a narrative i would say almost like the story of for me the story of Corey that rhymes <laughs> but but it is it's like you read it it's almost like this narrative of this is who you are this is how you behave these are things that you know and it's if you read it to yourself it's like reading in third person right Corey does this Corey does that but it is incredibly accurate uh, and a little spooky. Maybe spooky is a better word than creepy, right? Creepy has yeah. a strange connotation to it. But um, but I, I went out just out of curiosity when we started having all of our students take this assessment, and we do now, pretty much every student across our program here in Blue Valley uh, in CAPS takes this assessment, and I would just randomly pull students aside and ask them, have you taken the Indigo assessment, and, and how was it? What did you think? And I have not had a single student not tell me it was spot on and spooky that it was so close to who they really are. So how, do, how is that possible? I mean, how, do you, how, did you, how do you manage to put these pieces together and, and allow that to be the case? Well, that's the magic of A, partnering with a world-class assessment company, sure. and B, using multiple assessments that um, pull together disparate information that allows you to see a more holistic view of the person. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's pretty amazing. It I is, know. It is. A lot of people aren't believers and they take it and they said, oh, this is actually never taken an assessment like this before. Right. Yeah. So before, before we close out our time together, we'll talk about what folks that are listening might, how they might connect with you if they want to learn more. But, but as you're thinking about, and I know that you are very much someone who is definitely entrepreneurial and is part of that thinking big vision and as part of that is this idea of being futuristic. We yes. talked about that earlier um, in terms of, you know, what are your strengths and your, and, uh, and all those things. So as you think about the future and you know you have this, this valuable data and that students are having a great experience connecting to who they are, what, is the, what do you think are like the top two or three future uses for this data? I mean, what would a school do with this? We know the career component, and I'm certainly that's probably part of it, but are there other things that, that schools and parents and coaches, and I mean, I, I can imagine the audiences are, are large. There are many of them. Yes, yes. How, parents and coaches what, love it. Yeah. What are the ways you think in the future this will be deployed to help um, create solutions? Yeah, so the, you know, huge big vision is that we can actually leverage this human data that's not really in education right now, right? We have data on people, standardized test scores and data on attendance and things that I say call our extrinsic, right? Mm. So things that are about outcomes that have nothing to do with who the human is. And so I really think, you know, our goal is to scale to a million students in the next couple of years. Wow. And once we have this data, I think we can bring it into the conversation about changing policy, about thinking about education differently, not to make it more stringent, but to actually make there to be more choices for every kind of learner. So we've already proven there is no average learner. We're, um, I've done a lot of work with Dr. Todd Rose out of Harvard, mm. who um, did the TED Talk, The End of Average. He wrote the book, The End of Average. He just released a new book, Dark Horse. And in our research, you know, it aligns right with his research that he saw that there is no average person as far as like 
size, shape, height, weight. There's actually like no such thing as an average person physically, but from the indigo dimensions, which is the, in, we call it the intrinsic dimensions, mm -hmm. there's no average student. There's no student that falls in the middle 30% of even 10 of our 100 data points. Hmm. And so when you can prove that no one learns the same, no one is the same, everyone has different needs, and we're living in this world that's moving so fast and information's at our fingertips, the whole idea of one-size-fits-all education like finally has to die. Mm. Because we know it's not working, but we don't have the, the intrinsic data to back up why it's not working. And I think if we can bring this data to bear, we can start really opening our minds to drive innovation and differentiation education much, much faster. Yeah. Preach it. <laughs> you are you are spot on. You got me fired up now. I'm I'm ready to take on the world yes. again. Yes. Although I, I'm not sure I <laughs> not sure I ever gave up on that, but uh, you no. give me an extra boost, like putting the high octane stuff in your gas tank. So I appreciate that. That is fantastic. So we've explored a little bit of what you do. There's a lot more to what you do when it comes to social emotional learning for students and the kind of keeping kids safe in that regard and making sure that, as you said, personalizing learning as much as we can in a system that has been built to be the kind of the opposite of that in many ways from history and thinking of kids like they're widgets in the Industrial Revolution and then we could go on and on. So, but we're never going to get to it all just by talking here today over 20 minutes or so. So, uh, how do folks typically connect with you or connect with Indigo when they get a taste of it, they're excited about the possibilities and they want to learn more about how they interact with you? Absolutely. So they can just, you know, Google Indigo Project. It's Our website is indigoproject.org. Um, and so you can look us up on our website or, you know, folks can email me directly. It's just sherry, S-H-E-R-I dot smith at indigoproject.org or info at indigoproject.org if that's easier to remember. And, you know, happy to talk to them. We're already working with, um, you know, another folks, like Wasatch Caps, yeah. right? In yeah, the network. Utah. And, Absolutely. And it's a really great fit for, you know, what you're trying to do at Caps. And we'd love to work with um, more students like, like yours. Wonderful. So one last question, because I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, I ask a question, and you being a futurist, this will be an easiest, like a softball for you. But the question is, it's, it's what is your moonshot? So if you had a chance to wave your wand and say, this is the one big thing I want to chase after, if I accomplish it, you know, the world as I know it will be a better place. You don't think what's changing your, the U.S. education system is big enough moonshot? <laughs> okay, so let's, pretty big. So everything you do is, is a moonshot. I get it. I get it. I get it. No, absolutely. Well, if you want to go really crazy, let's my, go really crazy. My husband wants to change the U.S. economic system. Okay, which would no small feat. Eradicate taxes and provide a universal basic income, and change the way we do banking so that we can actually. Um, foster entrepreneurship and innovation in our country and get rid of interest. And then I want to change the education system, so I call it an intrinsic system. So right, right now we have a systemic system. So yes, it's a system that so. feeds the system, right? Right. Um, an extrinsic system is something like Wall Street, which is based on making money. Mm -hmm. So there's like a, a very clear goal that's real in the real world. But um, natural systems, which I feel like are the best systems, are the most um, the systems that most align with how God created the world, mm -hmm. is an intrinsic system. Mm -hmm. 
where it's a system where every person, diversity is celebrated because every person's living their purpose and, and has a meaningful life path. And in that system, we can all coexist and work together to make something more beautiful. And so mm. my dream is an intrinsic education system that creates the citizens that can live in this new economy of abundance and do it with um, you know, ethics, and really um, save our planet. So, you know, work together. That's just, to just a few small things there. Literally make a better world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, that's why we ask the question because we get these great visions for the future and uh, and there's no one can tell us that we can't do it. That's like, right. It's all about our own commitment and motivation and and leveraging the resources and connections that we have to, to get after it and really CAPS is a part of a larger, what I would call a larger movement around education that very much fits what your vision is for education. So you, uh, I'm, I'm hesitating to break out in the song, but I was going to say you have a friend in me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll save our listeners uh, a few. Uh, they might enjoy it. Well, they might, they might, but uh, I would be embarrassed forever. My wife would never <laughs> Let me hear the end of it if I started singing Disney songs or Pixar songs or whoever owns the rights to Toy Story anymore. Um, Sherry, it's been such a pleasure to have you Thank on. You. Thank you so much for all you do and uh, great pleasure having you in town. Thanks, Corey. Likewise. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks again. Great uh, having you alongside of us as we talk about the key components of what we do with CAPS and this new kind of wave of experiential and profession-based learning. So just keep in mind, as we always say, that we believe the tipping point is near. Keep working hard, and we will catch you next time. Peace out.